0: All right, guys, we are live back here on this chilly Friday morning. If you are in Texas, just like us here today, you have maybe suffered from a winter storm, power outages, no internet. We are certainly feeling for you. As a matter of fact, I was impacted here, but that doesn't stop us from showing up here today because we brought a phenomenal guest to the show. We have our honored guest, Mary Jo which is a wealth manifester right a wealth creator and she has an incredible journey here to share with us today and today we're going to be talking about the wealth mindset right manifesting wealth attracting wealth and what does it take to set yourself up for success right it all starts in the mind and i'm excited because we got angeline who is also a big believer of attracting and manifesting wealth so i I just can not imagine that this is going to be on fire here today. But I just wanted to say, if you are here watching live with us, thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are locating from. If you want to ask Mary Jo or Angeline live questions on the episode today, make sure that you give StreamYard permission, okay? So we can actually see your name. And at the end, we may have some surprises for you because this show is all about giving back, right? So I hope you're ready so Mary Jo, thank you so much for joining us here today in this chilly winter morning here in Texas. How are you today?
1: I'm great, and thank you, Rob. Thank you, Angelina, for having me on here. I love to share my heart.
2: Thank you so much, Mary Jo. You know, we speak on the, on the road together and i really inspired by your story. Um, very successful, not just you, your kids, and they're all very successful. And I believe success leaves clues. And thank you so much for being here today. To start, would you just give our audience a little bit background about yourself and who you are, what you do, what you're passionate about? Sure, sure. Well, a little background, born and raised in Wisconsin, very, very poor family.
1: There were four, of us, four kids in three and a half years. My parents like scraping all the time. Um, and I was the fourth one out. So and we were all one year apart. So it was like really close. That caused a lot of mindset things to pop in I, that I n- didn't know I didn't know because, you know, your environment when you're young, about probably the age of three, you start developing concepts in your mind that end up in your, I call it your content vault, your subconscious. And so for me, part of that was if I was ever going to get anything in life, I was going to have to compete for it, you know, staring at three older brothers and sisters and being dirt poor. Um, But that, uh, that influenced my life, usually a number of other things. Of course, the money issue, because a lot of things happen around you and your environment around money when you're very poor. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I moved on in life and I was very competitive all the time, won everything. I mean, I was always had to be top of my class. I I ran for every office. I was always president of the class, president of student council, and, and my other three siblings never ran for any office, right? So you get start seeing the, the programming that went on for me. Clearly mm-hmm. not genetic based, clearly not influenced by my older brothers and sisters. It was what I chose it to me. So that was great because I went on, uh, went on to undergrad, graduated top of my top top 5% or something, went on to law school, graduated Order of the Coif, which is the highest honor you can get in law school. And then I went out to NYU and got a master's in taxation because I I won an all-expenses-paid trip in New York to go to New York City when I was in in high school on team board, and of course, who won again? We noticed the getting this trend, right? <laughs> Competitive, yes. And uh, so um, I went. Out, I I won this all-expenses-paid trip to New York, and it was a it's a fun story to tell. So I'll share it a little bit because it was the first time I ever stayed in a hotel. I mean, when you're so poor, we never wow. stayed in a hotel. We always camped. I mean, yeah. everywhere we and we always went on trips. We were in Florida almost every single year, Easter break. We went to New York World's Fair, but it was always camping. So here I'm in this hotel and I'm checking in with my sponsor. You know, she was in charge of me that uh, at 16 years old. I needed somebody to be in charge of me. And this man came up and took my bag and started walking away with it. And I chased him down and started <laughs> screaming at him. <laughs> a porter. He was taking it to my room. <laughs> but I didn't know what a porter was. <laughs> so I mean, a plaza hotel, right? So I had all those fun experiences. But so when I graduated from law school, I wasn't sure I wanted to stay in Milwaukee because I had so much fun in New York City for those three days. I, so I went out to NYU and and, and used it as an excuse to get, go to NYU get a master's in taxation. And the funny part of New York for me was as much as I love the city and all the plays, I went to like every weekend. When I walked on the streets, no one would make eye contact with me. Mm. And I'm such a people person that I just knew probably within the first three months of being in New York City, I was not going to stay in New York City. And I still love New York. I love to visit there. I do evangelism work there. But uh, I ended up coming back to Wisconsin, took a job at the biggest and best law firm at the time, Foley and Lardner. In fact, now they're international. They're almost in every state in the United States. And that was super. But you know, if you're a lawyer, if you know anything about lawyering, you give up away your, you give away your life I mean I probably had Sunday afternoons off for three years of that. I mean that's it I mean I was working till 10 o'clock at night yeah. I mean you just you 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 give up your life yeah that associate in a law firm and one of my clients came in one day they were so thrilled because I was doing acquisition work for them. I love transactions. I love buying and selling companies that was where my heart went even with you know my tax background and they came in a publicly traded company like second largest company in Wisconsin. And they came in and they said, Mary Joe, we want you to come over and be our vice president general counsel. Huh. I was 28 years old.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was just wondering that. If...
1: Wow. And this is when a time when in my law firm there were 217 lawyers and only like 12 of us were women. Mm. So this was not a woman's era. Yeah, right? yeah. That so remarkable. Different. And I looked at that and I thought wow, I really love the law firm and the pay was good, even though they offered me more money over here. But what drove me to do it was I wanted my life back. Mm -hmm. I knew I could get back to like a decent hours of work, whether it was eight to five or eight to six, I'd at least have my Saturdays. and my So I took this job. Well, the job ended up being one of those jobs where I kept finding myself fighting around ethical issues. Mm -hmm. And this, this, My boss would continue to go out to New York to get a legal opinion from somebody in New York City or in Washington, D.C. because they didn't want to take my legal opinion. They never proved me wrong one time. But it was this constant challenge. And I found in that two-year stint that uh, if you can't control the ethics, the ethics will control you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds familiar.
1: Phenomenal. Phenomenal lesson to learn from people. So I finally left. I walked away. I I ended up moving to Texas at that time because I, I what appropriate time for us to have this call. I hated the snow. <laughs> that was totally crazy, right? Oh, yeah. So here I am today, like in, in Texas with this same snowstorm. Yeah. Like, But I'm the only one that can drive, right? I mean, there are few yeah. people who can drive in this, but yeah. I do. That advantage, but yeah. the beautiful thing came to Texas, and I decided entrepreneur. I mean, I felt that instinct in you. You know, instinctually, if you're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, you're stretching. You know, you aren't meant to work for somebody else. You have that drive. If, whether it was at first at the law firm, then at the at the corporation, it was almost like I can do any. You know, I mean, I had that. Insight. I said, you know, Mary Jo, you're very capable. You can do every anything. So I ended up buying a company in San Antonio. The company actually went under. It was a turnaround situation. And the company actually went under, and that was a horrifically trying time for me because everything I had touched in my life had turned to gold, and all of a sudden something failed. So here's where mindset came in.
0: Yeah, interesting it a
1: shift for me because I went and liquidated it, and I got the bank paid back. They called me up because they had projected only a sixty percent return on the dollar, and they got a hundred cent. So they tried to hire me as their vice president in charge of liquidations, and I was screaming. I was like oh my gosh, that's got to be the worst job in the world. I said, all I want to do is help people you know, realize their dreams, not destroy their dreams, right? So, I mean, it was almost insulting to get yeah. that offer, right? But I went back and I was so depressed because something I touched failed. So what did I do? Mm. See, what happens with your mindset? My business failed means... I fail. I'm a failure.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: So what do you think will happen to you in life? Every single thing you will touch will fail. But I saw this was happening to me. I was depressed. I was staying in bed, you know, sleeping 10 hours a day, which was never like me. And I got this incredible phone call from my uncle out of St. Louis. And he said, Mary Jo, blah, blah, blah. But, but you know, to isolate exactly the important words were your business failed. You didn't fail. That's what your uncle said to you? You are not a failure. Your business failed. The only way you fail is if you fail to learn from the experience. Yeah. So all of a sudden in my life came that realization, anything that doesn't work out for me, I look at and I go, wow. I never focus on what didn't work out. I focus on what did I learn from it? And now it's been an incredibly invaluable experience. Notice the difference. Yeah. So if you carry that failure first, what do you think is going to happen the next thing you do? Mm-hmm. You're going to fail again. Another yeah. failure. Yeah. Because it becomes a cycle. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's controlled by your mind. Yeah. You know, your mind is so important. for us. So anyway, so I went forward with that. Uh, I started buying in other companies. I made a, one of the incredible things I did. Some people, you know, some people came to me and I was still in San Antonio and I started hung out my shingles, started practicing law again and somebody came to me and said, "Mary Jo, this guys trying to sell his company, and and these guys are coming in to buy it, and and they they are looking for some additional cash to buy it, a hundred thousand. Do you think you can put in twenty? You get you get four percent of the company." And so I I decided to do that because um, it sounded even though it was like my last twenty thousand because my after my business failed, right? I was trying to get back on my feet, but I was like, this looked exciting. I and I but I interviewed the two. Owners of the people that are going to become the owners, the major owners, because you always want to look at that's the intangible in any business that you invest in. The intangible is who are the players? The leadership, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Who's the leader? So I interviewed the guys and I was like really surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. You know, their ethics were great. Everything was. And so I said, yeah, I'll do this. So I put that money in 20,000.
0: And Mary Jo, real quick, an, an interesting question here. Sure. So you were in times of of despair you you just had your first major failure i i imagine that that affected right your your mindset at the time because you were on a winning streak and here you are you just failed and you were probably processing what had happened so what was the mindset like if you can recall back then when you had this opportunity to invest your last 20 grand right when you just failed but now somebody's asking you to to take a big risk here like what was your mindset like back then
2: would uh, you yeah would you skeptical or how did you get over well, that? sure well why did i go and interview
1: the men that were going to run the company right i wasn't just gonna because a friend of mine who is one of my clients from my law firm he's a a bright guy running his own company, but I wasn't going to just trust him. So why did I take that extra step? Because I, I wanted to be sure. I wanted to have more evidence of something in the capability that was really going to work. I wasn't just going to go into it blindfold. Mm-hmm. So I took that extra step, but I had in my mind after I changed my mindset, it doesn't matter if the 20,000 disappears because I will always be able to go and recreate it. Wow. You know? I mean, that's the problem with scarcity, man. That's called scarcity.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: If you don't think you can create twenty thousand dollars, you're in trouble. Yeah. That's the. Those are the people I love working with, because they're allowing their mindset to control the results they create. So, yeah. so as
0: a as a as a coach, like. At- fast forward today you're helping so many people especially regarding limiting beliefs but for the viewers watching this right they're following the timeline here and that's why we always love to go back to 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 the days before you hit success but back then right if we can just replace ourselves in in those times where did you drew the power from to to maintain a strong mindset and then say okay i'm going to interview the, the the leadership here just to evaluate if this is a sound decision, but I imagine that internally you you were drawing power and and courage from somewhere. So can you talk about that process? Well,
1: I think that when you fail to, yeah, you know, the power and courage obviously comes a lot from your upbringing as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look back at coming from a very poor family, I knew that I knew by, and who knows where, this again, goes into your mindset and it goes into your subconscious that I was gonna make it no matter what. I mean, there's a great story about, I remember my mother making chocolate chip cookies and she would make the cookie and then she'd take the chocolate chips out of the cupboard and put one chocolate chip in each cookie. Wow. Because we were so poor. Yeah. So Mary Jo loved chocolate. So I had to eat like 20 cookies. So oh I was a really fat kid. <laughs> and I remember distinctly at five, six years old going, I will never want for chocolate. Now, that, that doesn't mean I make enough money to buy a bag of chocolate chips every month, right? It, just, it means that I always knew that I knew. I just took it on. I'm going to be successful because, and, and it's that, that mindset you establish early on in life yeah. that is so powerful to help you succeed. Now, there's no one else in my family, my brothers and sisters, I support most of them.
2: I feel like this is some kind of instinct, right? Like a DNA embedded in us, like that entrepreneurial. No matter what happened in our life, failure is not an option for us. We will keep going and going.
1: I want to do this for you, Angeline. I, I, I don't want you to call it DNA because then people have an excuse why they don't succeed because they mm-hmm. ha- don't have the proper DNA. Mm. I believe every human being has a capacity to be successful off the charts. Yes. Follow me, Because it's here. It's not DNA, it's here. It's like your mind is so powerful. Remember that famous quote from Napoleon Hill. If you fail to control your mind, you may be sure you'll fail to control anything else in life. Yeah. So
2: yeah. what you're saying is everybody have an opportunity to succeed and then it right. all starts from the mind. There you go. Now you've got the right language,
1: right? Mm -hmm. And it really is, it goes back to that childhood, you know, and you do a lot of, you know, training and teaching about relationship with money. Wow. Is that important? You know, you grow up in a family where your parents say money doesn't grow on trees or a Christian family. The root
0: of all evil. evil,
1: The love of money, right? And it's not that I don't love money. I don't love money and chase it. I love money because of what I can do to spread it out. Yeah. All the charities, the millions of dollars I've given away. It's its awesome what I can do with money versus if I didn't have any because so many people are in need today and there's so many incredible charities. Yeah. And I in fact, I, I, I established my own foundation. So I have that going as well and supporting that. So it's just beautiful what you can do with it. So it's not the love of money. It's like if you're driven by money. I'm not driven by money. I believe helping people become money attractors. So it's, yes. it's a natural attraction. You're like a magnet for money. Does that make sense? It's a yes. different Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So so, so imagine, imagine today that that because we, we have we, we encounter a lot of people in, in let's say the, the financial services industry, right? When we talk about money every day, and we have a lot of people that are at the brink of being able to make an awesome decision that moves their life forward. Yet then the mindset kicks in which prevents them falling back into old patterns, preventing them from moving forward. Now, for for people watching today. If, if they're currently you know, having a challenging time mm-hmm. with, with developing that strong mindset, what, what would be some practical ways that you, you may be able to share here today on the show that people can do to strengthen that mindset? Because if, if you're not gifted today with a strong mindset, if you haven't developed that, regardless of your background or age, but what are some of the, the things that we could do today to strengthen that
1: Well, thanks, Rob, for asking that question, because one thing that we've proven doesn't work is reading all the books. Yeah. It doesn't work? (laughs) How does, if it worked, why wouldn't everybody be where I am today? Yeah. Does this make sense? There are millions of books out there on on money. I, I mean, they're everywhere. And you can, I can talk to you about all the hundreds of people I've coached who have read like 20 of them, 30 of them. I mean, they grow up and it's all they wanted was, you know, and and their life is a disaster. It's not because they haven't read enough. It's because they don't understand what's stored in their subconscious mind. And so all this reading is still competing with what's in their subconscious what, what was ingrained in them as a little child or experiences they had that some of them they don't even remember. Mm. But it's that they're trapped. You follow me? And that's why I absolutely love working with people on their mindset. How do I help people understand what's stored in? I call it your, your content vault. You know, we talked today about everybody needs to produce content. Content, content. Well, your subconscious is your content vault. Yeah. Conscious doesn't even know what's in the subconscious until it's tapped into for some event in your life. And then all of a sudden something pops up out of your subconscious. Right. But you, you have no idea. It's like you're it's like the central libraries here and you only draw the books up at when you come into an experience. So you're trapped into the same stinking thinking that you developed at a very early, <laughs> early age, most of which you don't know you don't know.
0: I like your rhymes, Mary Jo. <laughs>
1: yeah, you do good. I, they, they resonate, don't they? Well, it's yeah. good to use rhymes
2: because people remember
1: them, right?
0: Yeah.
2: It's a good memory trap. But so, so yeah, go ahead. So, Mary Joe, so what you do is you help people tap into their subconscious mind and bring right. that Yeah. I help people go through discovery. I um, want to you sat
1: down with me and did one of my classes. The first thing that we get we get into is how does the subconscious mind work? Most people don't even understand that. I okay. didn't. Here I was, and people can look back at my career and all the phenomenal success early on, and all the degree I have. As I say, I have more degrees than a the thermometer, but I had no clue what was stuck in my subconscious. I mean, mm-hmm. I, my first marriage in my twenties lasted a year and a half, and I was said to myself, I didn't know why, but I mm-hmm. knew one thing: I was never going to get married again until I figured it out. So, so what? I, did I, so it was that said it was inside of me because there was something remember i talked about my competitiveness yes yes everyone who ever do you know what competitiveness looks like in a marriage in a marriage
0: <laughs> right, yeah, must be horrible
1: i'm yeah. right you're wrong okay now, can you understand how a marriage only lasts about a year and a half if i'm always right and you're always wrong yeah.
0: uh, yeah,
1: you get this. Well, yeah. that's I and, and I everybody would say, Mary Jo, why are you so competitive? And I would just go, well, because I was born that way. Right. I was born that way. You I think you there. was born that way. You exactly. think you that way. because it's all I ever knew. It's all I ever knew. Yeah. But then I went through a course. This is where I did some work in my 30s because I was never going to get married again. And a couple other things, my business failed. And I said, you know what, this mindset stuff, I I'd never been exposed to it, really. Mm. And I it sounds intriguing, maybe intellectual curiosity. So I went to a couple of classes. Oh, my gosh. One of the most phenomenal things I discovered is that I wasn't born competitive. At three, four years old, I looked around, and I had three older brothers and sisters, and I came to the conclusion that I had to compete in order to get anything in life. That was a decision I made and stored in my subconscious that never, it was buried in my content vault. I just thought that's who I was. That's all I ever knew. And so all I had to do at this conference was go, oh, my gosh. I still love to win, but you know what? If you and I, as best friends, went out and played racquetball and you beat me, I could take you out for a beer. I couldn't do that for 35 years of my life. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be able to
2: talk to you for a week. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, just that, that course that, make you realize that and then you right. start changing. Yeah, and it, wasn't the, it was just one
1: of the aha moments in that yeah. course. You follow me to uncover that, and now I'm in a 30-year marriage.
0: Wow and And, yeah, I, I thank you for sharing because I think it's a personal journey really, that people can relate to and And there might be people out there watching this today that they may go through a similar journey at the moment within their relationships uh, or within the marriage. so So what you're saying is that there might be things in your life today that uh, you you may not understand them, but what you're actually saying is, it's locked inside our subconscious brain that we are programmed in one way or another with certain behaviors. And the only way, and you, you let me know if I'm right, but the only way to, to get past that is to do some soul searching and understanding where these limiting beliefs or, or sometimes this, this automatic behavior, where it comes from, so, so you can take action to resolve them.
1: Rob, you're absolutely right. It's, I say you're on autopilot. It's all you ever knew, and that's right. how you show up. And, and you keep wondering why things aren't effective for you. And it's about your relationship with money, it's about relationship with people, it's about virtually everything. I mean, it's like every aspect of your life is covered by these limiting beliefs. Just like the money concept, we can go back and look at that. What, what did your parents tell you? Money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that issue. Money doesn't grow on trees. So all of a sudden, you tell your kids that because you want them to work hard, get a good get a good job, blah, 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 know that you have to work to get right. This is why yeah. we talk, we think that's a good idea because that's what our parents and our grandparents told our parents and our great grandparents told our grandparents. I mean, this is generational bondage. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. generational bondage.
1: Okay, so the reality is, you've created a scarcity relationship in your children with their relationship with money that yeah. it's scarce. I raised my kids and I didn't. I never got pregnant. I just have two stepdaughters and a niece and nephew I raised. But I raised them with this idea I said, Money grows on every tree. You just need to figure out how to harvest it. Wow. Beautiful. My two stepdaughters. Yeah. Yeah. My two stepdaughters. One's 46, 47. She's a multimillionaire. mm. And they went in the mission field for three years and came out. And, I, you know, we talked about what they wanted to do. They got into real estate. They own Century 21 in Georgetown, Texas. And I said, you are not going to become wealthy doing that. Re- invest in real estate. So they started. Oh, my gosh. Right. <laughs> anyway, my other stepdaughter dropped out of school. She dropped out of college. Now, most parents, what do they do? Oh, my gosh, this is a disaster. Blah, blah. <laughs> you know, my husband was beside himself. I took Kate on the front porch and I said, okay, you know what? School's not for everybody. No big deal. What do you want? I said, I want you to spend the next two, three weeks really digging in and ask yourself, where's my passion? What do I really want to do? What do I want to be when I grow up? Blah, 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 right? Blah, blah. So she came back and she said, I want to be a doula. And I said, you know what a doula is? No. Doula, I don't know what it is. A doula is a woman that helps a midwife deliver babies. Oh,
0: right. Oh, okay.
1: So you don't need a degree in it or you don't have to pass all these certifications. You're just like a helper, right? Yeah. So she became a doula. Well, of course, after being a doula for six, eight months, she came back. She goes, Mary Joel, I want to be, a, I'm, I'm going to be a midwife. So she went through all the midwifery tre- and she met a very good friend on the way. And then like a year later, she goes, Gina and I want to have our own midwifery business. And I go, Great. So I really supported them all through that. So they started in a little strip mall. They had a little place there. They outgrew that in about six months. Then they wanted to buy a a farmhouse and convert it into a midwifery. So they did that. We helped do the whole thing. And, And then they bought another midwifery in Dallas that they're opening their Frisco midwifery business. They have three midwives. They're number one in Dallas, Fort Worth, and now they're opening Frisco. And these kids, and they just called me the other day. go, Oh, we're, buying, we're going out. We're, buying, we're going to be buying $3 million worth of real estate next week. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so She's 36 years old.
2: What I'm hearing is just that small mindset shift from the sagacity to the abundance, right? And then you give them the choice to explore the things that matters to them, versus we put them in the box that they really thrive. Right. right. And
1: why do you have judgment as a parent just because yeah. your kid doesn't follow in college? That because you went to college. I mean, I had more degree, as I said, than a thermometer. And here I was on the front porch saying, "College isn't for everybody. Let's figure out what you want to do." Yeah. You want to encourage your children to be creative and believe they are in control of their future. When you start telling them that this is a disaster, you're setting their mindset that they are now a disaster. Yeah. And, and,
0: and,
2: oh, and, oh, go ahead, Rob.
0: No, I, I, I wanted to ask uh, both of you actually, because both of you are mothers, right? You're, you're having a responsibility in, over your family and you're raising kids. Yeah. Um, so how do you both feel, and, and maybe start with Angeline, how do you both feel about conscience parenting? right because i believe that this is not an american problem this is actually a global problem where in yes. all continents of the world we are being programmed from a young age and being instilled with certain beliefs that are not our own so mm-hmm. maybe start with you angeline like what is your opinion about conscious parenting especially because your kids are still so young
2: well i'd be open with you with you too here as a, how to become a conscious mom is still a ongoing learning for me. Because when I grew up in Asian, right, we, we, we've been putting it in the box. You need to do things in certain way. So, right, plus I never get to grow up around my parents. I don't know what it's like. And and I don't even remember what is the hug, being, being hugged by my parents. What is it like? What does it feel? I don't even know because... Asian family, we don't hug each other, right? It just—it's all by action. So that's something that I—I'm still learning. How do I better connect with my kids? So what I do is I—I I, I communicate with them, talking to them, get into their world, not put my own belief or my um my thought into them, like force force things to them, like become friends with them, get to understand them. What do you like? What, what lights you up? What do you like to do the most? Why do you, why do you just become friends? And how about you, Mary Jo? No, a lot of that is very true. And it's funny when you talked about your upbringing in the Asian world about
1: that lack of emotional. And I said, I know exactly what you're talking about because I grew up in a German family. Okay. (laughs) So my my parents were both from well they're second generation but they, you know they had all that German instinct right it was there wasn't a lot of touchy there wasn't a lot of touchy feely going on right and of course they were probably going into overwhelm being very poor and then deciding they needed to have four children in four years right that was another problem. so so uh, so I went through that but the idea of you know I call conscious parenting is. Quit controlling your kids. Yeah, Child is individual and unique to themselves. And that's why, just like what I talked about, my two stepdaughters, one going on and graduated from college and going off and doing this, and the other one dropping out. They, they're unique in and of themselves. Don't make them wrong. Allow them to be self-expressive. And you know, there's certain times, yes, you make them wrong if they're gonna ride their bike down the middle of a street in heavy traffic. You protect them from a physical perspective, but we try to manipulate them as parents on their mental side. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying, there's a uniqueness in that child that you're drowning when you try to control that. Mm-hmm. And then they spend years in a psych hospital trying to figure out who they are because you disguised it with all of your demands and requirements you put upon them. So allow that free thought process to occur. Allow that creative instinct, even though some of it's crazy as a bed bug, it's crazy because they don't know enough right now. But if you squash that freedom of thinking at an early age, it's quashed the, sometimes for the rest of their lives. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you allow the crazy thinking. You don't, you don't reprimand a three-year-old for saying something crazy. I, I love to take my grandkids, like, for instance, when they see something crazy, I go, Wow, tell me about that. Here's Mary Jo getting so excited <laughs> about this, this freedom of expression. Yeah. You know, it's like I pour gasoline on it because yeah. I realize they're three years old. They're not going to go and blow up the New York world, you know, it's, it's yeah. trade towers or something. That's <laughs> three years old. They're thinking, and not that they have those kind of expressions, but I mean, whatever it is, you sometimes we get so hyper linked to being the perfect parent, we forget about. Mm. allowing that child to have the freedom of thought. It's, yeah. it's yeah. really the perfect parent. We can guide them morally and in value, but we don't guide them from, you know, they're crazy thinking about what they're going to be when they grow up or blah, 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 or quash the dreams or, you know, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. fireman. I go, awesome. Let's go get a fire hat. You know, yeah. and most parents, some parents would go, oh, I want him to be a nuclear engineer because you're not going to make any money being a fireman. Yeah. You know, how what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, it's 30 years old.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. And, and you know, Mary Jo, in our community, we have a lot of upbringing, upcoming young entrepreneurs and young investors starting their 20s, right? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. kind of uh, tips or advice you can give that young adult, right? Um. What kind of tips that you can give them to help them? Accelerate their success and and help them on their journey with a mindset.
1: I would tell them, jump, find a class and a course where somebody's really going to invest in you. Mm. Now's the time.
2: Invest in them. Don't
1: stumble and make 10 more mistakes and you feel, oh, but my parents taught me I learned from every mistake. Well, great. At 65, you can finally hit success. Why not be successful at 25? Why be stuck? I mean, look at the pain and agony I went through. As successful as I was, you know, a lot of things failed in my life, and I was tortured by the failures. My marriage failed, a business failed, and I kept taking the wrong meanings to all of that. I kept on going back and digging in my – and I had problems building great relationships because I always had to be right, right? Remember? Competitive. What's competitive? I'm yeah. right, you're wrong. But Rob, you and I have a conversation. We disagree, and you are absolutely wrong. Today, you and I can have a, a, a discussion, and and we can disagree. But I can say, wow, that I, you know, Rob, that's interesting. I'm going to have to chew on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, see, beautiful.
1: Two, total honor and respect instead of making you wrong. But see, these are things that you know. We, we how long do you want to go through life being like that? If you're not open to hear. Then you have no opportunity to really grow.
0: Yeah, right. That's that's excellent, excellent information and advice uh, because I think that s- especially young people uh, who are still seeking to find their identity, right? They're going through these cycles of of emotion and self discovery, but also trying to understand their own beliefs, right? Where where's it coming from? Absolutely. But but what I would like to, to talk about next is, um, so so I'm here, right, surrounded by two incredible power ladies, incredibly <laughs> successful, the both of you. And and I know that we have a lot of entrepreneurs watching that are in the process of building their business. Some are st- still thinking about it, or some are already established, but are looking to go to the next level. So what I'm curious uh, about is, what is the mindset today, uh, Mary Jo, and maybe start with you. What is the mindset today in life when you have already accomplished so many things, but what is your mindset like still moving forward, still seizing opportunities as they come to you? Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, well, I'm always, I'm always open and ready. And, I'm, open always, and ready. I'm always open and ready for anything that transpires in my life. Right. So whatever comes along, I look, I go, okay, this looks like an opportunity. So I, of course, go through my process of evaluating it. Does it fit me? Does it fit my, you know, my character, my value system? And then, bing, I'm in. And I have I have no problem with risk. You follow? I mean, there's so many people that go, oh, my gosh, this is. And then they 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 go back and they go, I, I mean, I mean, you just weigh the balances, pros, cons, and you go, okay, make a decision. We have a problem with that because so many people get so hyperplexy about one issue on it and then they don't do it because they fear. Fear controls their life. Yeah. Fear is false expectations appearing real. That's yeah. what fear is. Okay. And I know it's an acronym, but it's it 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 really controls so many people's lives. Yeah. So it's just about venturing out and doing what I can do. But you know, my world today, yes, I still take advantage of investments when I see them come along because I love, you know, just I we never finished that twenty thousand dollar I invested, Rob. Six years later, I got a check for $1.1 million on a wow. $20,000 investment. Yeah. Wow. So be, you, you want to be open and ready for opportunities. When we're fearful, it's amazing how the world around you stops feeding you opportunity. Yeah. You you, you're creating your own environment because of your fear. So you always want to be in this position of, I'm always open and ready. Yeah. I evaluate it. And here's another thing young people miss. Some of them get so arrogant that they fail to surround themselves with quality people.
0: You wow. know, that's a big one.
1: Yeah. It's like you, you, there's this comment out there that's a quote that goes, you'll become as successful as the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So yep. I want everybody listening to this call right on a piece of paper right now. Who are the five people? You can take out your mom and dad and your f- direct family. Who are the five people I spend the most time with? And if you want to become the average of those five people, then go celebrate. But most of you will probably 99% of you will go, wow, now that's a rude awakening. Yeah. So you want to find people that are of a level that you want, you aspire to, because they will help raise you up.
0: Exactly. So good. Yeah.
1: Your friends will bring you down. Not I'm not saying all your friends. I'm just saying those who we tend to hang out with people where we get to feel really important because yeah. they're not as great as we are maybe. <laughs> you know, you got this. That's another you know, program that runs people. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: because our ego gets involved. I want you to throw your ego out the window and hang around with the top people you can find that intimidate the heck out of you. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Now that's
1: where your learning ground is.
0: <laughs> so so maybe a question for Angeline here. So we, we talked before about programming, right? And, and running on autopilot and sometimes not even being aware of those programs and beliefs. So I know that you invest a whole bunch of time into quality people and networking. And, and that's actually, as a matter of fact, why Mary Jo's here with us today. So talk to us about the process. Do you think that hanging around or surrounding yourself with quality people will also potentially give you a new set of beliefs that empower you to move forward.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you, Mary Jo, right? How do I like ch- change my old programming and ongoing improving myself? It's to by having good coaches and mentors like you to, to lead us, to help us see that things that we cannot see in, in ourselves so that we can make a changes. And then I also believe that having a good mentor and coach, it's very important. That's number one. And to me, I'm always looking for a way to grow, to live my, my human potential. So that's right on there. And then mastermind. Mastermind is so important. I still remember... Um, at one time when I just get started with my business, right, I went to Tony Robbins' uh, event. Wow, those people, like Platinum Partnership, people make a lot of money, like really stretch. You're really uncomfortable in that, but it really stretch you to grow and, and to the next level versus you, you feel comfortable around your surroundings. Yeah, right. so know yourself with people that stretch you.
1: Right, it's about becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. Be becoming uncomfortable. I mean it sounds awkward, but it's absolutely bloody true. Yeah Why don't you be comfortable being uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, and speaking of that, I know you you speaking a tour with me and Bill together, right? Yeah. So do you always have the dream to become a speaker or you stumbling upon to become a speaker? Are you comfortable to become a speaker? Um, well, the reality is I've been a speaker for I don't know, years
1: and years. I mean, I I started again, go back. What do you think I was doing Attorney? You know, No, even going back to you know junior high and high school, I was always president of class. I was always in council. I was always in forensics debate. I was always like on stage. So I've been speaking from stages for a long time. But what Bill's class, the one that I met you in, Angeline, was really how do you how do you sell from stage? Yes. Well, I'm going to suggest we always are selling from stage, even if we don't have a product, we're selling what our topic is, right? So it's always about how do I get my audience to really buy into this? How do I get them to understand it? And that's critically important, not just from stage, but it's everyday life. So what Bill teaches in you know, his entrepreneurship classes is really about how to live everyday life. Because if you wanna to be today, you know the, the hot topic is how do you be an influencer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody talks about being an influencer. And the only way you're going to be an influencer is knowing how to communicate properly. Yeah, to yeah. draw people in. So no, it's really very great. critical to learn those skills, whether you're standing on stage or you're having phone calls with people, wherever you are. You want to be an influencer. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I, I wish we we had more time with you, and unfortunately, we have. Uh, the, the, the 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 happy hours come to the end <laughs>
0: so- I, I feel i feel we we could have gone on and on because yes. it's such a fascinating topic and i i think that everybody can feel here on the show here today uh, mary Jo, that you bring a tremendous amount of optimistic energy right and, and maybe that goes along with your philosophy of being ready and prepared um, but but we can certainly feel it. So I'm so grateful for all the, the, the wisdom here that you have been sharing with us. And, and I think that so many ben- people can actually benefit from a mindset upgrade. Sure.
1: Absolutely. In I fact, I'll, I'll throw one thing in here for people. If you because this is a, this is whether, you know, you've arrived. If somebody comes up to you, a friend of yours or somebody you know, and they just look at you and they go, you know what? You're the worst person I've ever met. You are the ugliest person. You just destroy people all the time, blah, 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 and start yelling at you. If you can look at them and allow them to complete whatever they're doing, Mm -hmm. and you can say, well, thank you for your feedback.
0: Wow. So
1: now you know you're controlling your mind.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I, I can totally see that. Like being in a situation, but being composed and not lowering your self-worth, being able to hear someone else and say, thank you.
1: Yeah. And most importantly, Rob, it's this. Why do you give other people control over you?
0: Yeah. You follow
1: me? That's what we do so freely. I see it every day of my life. And I just, my husband can get ugly with me sometimes. He's getting older and he can, you know, he's not quite the same guy I married. <laughs> okay. You know, and we go through that as we get older. But, you know, I can look at him. I can say, thank you, honey. Oh. You get it?
0: Yeah. 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 Wow.
1: And this, this, the, the importance of controlling this mind is absolutely critical. If I could get this out in the world of marriages and I do it in my counseling, I, mm-hmm. you know, you, you could save millions of divorces from him.
0: Incredible, so good. So, so I I know uh, we were just chatting backstage, and and this is probably the most exciting part for for our viewers out there because the reason why we started the entrepreneur speaker series is really to inspire young or or. Entrepreneurs in general, right? We, we have a, a, a broad audience here, but people that are looking to take control over their life and to be become really passionate about that one thing that they could see themselves doing rather than to be boxed up in some cubicle. So, So we really support entrepreneurship. And I know, Mary Jo, that, that you have been so courteous and, and gracious to, to have and bring a gift with you today. Yeah. So, so I would love to, if you could talk about that yes. and, and how we can support the, the viewers out there watching this show today. How can they get in touch with Mary Jo and, and, and what is it that you brought to the show today? Great.
1: Thanks. And I have two gifts today. Okay. Wow. And one of them has to do with right now. Because my heart is my my number one core value. By the way, is contribution. You probably could guess that from this call, right? Absolutely. And it's been there. And that, that's also a discovery process. Most people, if I ask you the question, do you know what your number one core value is? Ninety nine point nine percent of the people have no idea. They go into a quizzical look, and that's very empowering to understand that. So that's part of what I teach you to find it, because then you know how to put the stake in the ground in your decision making process. In alignment with your number one core value—that's yeah. your greatest happiness, greatest joy, greatest success in life, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so so I love to help people around clarity. So my partner and I—I I have, I have advanced courses in mindset with a, a guy who's a PhD in psychology, and he's—he he was one of my mentors thirty years ago. Okay, mm-hmm. this is how cool this guy's awesome off the charts. Anyway, we're right now doing a free three-part series on clarity, and it's about your clarity of emotions, clarity of words, and clarity of actions. Wow. And tonight's our third part, but I'm going to allow all of you can go back and register and get the replays of all three parts, and there's also worksheets associated with that. Excellent. So here, and that's the one, that's only one gift, okay? That's never yeah, yeah, yeah. second gift is I will give anyone... Who contacts me, and I'll give you how to do that a free 20 minute session. So I'll work with you for 20 minutes about whatever's going on in your life. And I'll just suggest this I've never gone for 20 minutes, it's always been an hour. hour. So (laughs) my time is my only limited asset. But you know what? My heart of contribution always over wow. Play. Wow. my Sweet. time is my only limited asset. Follow me. So let me give you that how to do that. Just text okay. word clarity. Okay. L A R I T Y. Text clarity to 26786. And there you'll be able to sign up for the free 20 minute, I say 20 minute consults. <laughs> and you'll also be able to get the link for that okay. mastery of clarity. To maximize results—that's the name of that three-part series. Beautiful. Cool. This, okay.
0: this is this is invaluable, Mary Jo, and we yeah. we really really appreciate it. We're we're gonna make sure that. Uh, our team will distribute this information so so people can actually access that. So so guys, go ahead. If you want to take advantage of this and, and connect with Mary Jo and, and learn about creating your own clarity, right? And then even have an opportunity to work through some of those probing questions that you might have been carrying around, right? Work with Mary Joe those 20 minutes. This is absolutely invaluable. So Mary Jo, we're going to, make certain that people have access to that information so they can reach out. Um, I always like to end the show with like a golden nugget, right? And I know we have been talking about a lot of valuable tips here today, but for the people watching that are currently in the process of, of working hard and we, we were hit with the pandemic last year globally here right in Texas, we have so many entrepreneurs affected by the winter storm. So in times of adversity and challenge. How, or, or what would you say is the best way for people to maintain a strong mindset? And, and, and what could you say to these people to, to, to get ahead of, of, of these adversities anyway? How do you deal with these challenges and get ahead successfully?
1: Great. So first thing you wanna do is say this to yourself. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So we live too much in our past. We worry about the pandemic. Guess what? It's almost on its process of being over. We worry about the snowstorm in in, in Texas. Guess what? You know, the sun is going to shine and it's going to be 40 today. So we get caught up in all these concerns that drag us down. And it's all the past. But that's another reason why dealing with your mindset so crucial. Because otherwise you're going to continue to live in your past. Because it's still controlling you. So it's the concept of today's the first day of the rest of my life. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it because opportunities are immense. They're everywhere. You look at these people becoming multi-billion. Tesla, this guy did it in, what, two, three years? He became the richest man. Like, I mean, how do you do those things in two, three years? Because you live in America, right? Yeah. The yeah. opportunities are boundless. So... Don't allow the environment to control you.
0: Wow. Wow. So good. That's amazing. And Angelina, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the final words up to you here. Can you, can you share with us something that you want our audiences watching here today to take away you know, in, in 2021? What would you say to them?
2: Live in the present moment. That's always my mantra. This is the only moment now, here and now. This is it. This is all we got. Just like Mary Jo said, today is the first day of the rest of our life. And thanks so much, Mary Jo. And once again, before we go, can you tell uh, the audience, text? Oh,
1: text, text, clarity, the word clarity, C-L-A-R-I-T-Y, clarity, to 26786.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: There you go. We got it,
0: we, we got it down. So we're going to make sure we're going to drop the, the notes here, the show notes on uh, on the chat here for everybody to access. But I think this was such a valuable uh, show here today. And I really, really want to thank our two power ladies today and our honored guest, Mary Jo, for coming on the show. and. Um, I I, I wanna encourage you entrepreneurs watching us today to charge forward, right? To evaluate your current belief system. And if there's anything holding you back, right? Rewatch this show. Take action on the lessons shared here today because it all starts in your mind. And today's show was all about the mindset and wealth creation. So it's available to you, it's available to anyone. Just take massive action. And bring that positive energy by living in the now, right? I, I think that that probably sums it up. Like it it packaged that. So I hope you found this valuable here today. I hope you tune in with us next week again, or uh, actually the next episode with another valuable guest. We're going to be announcing that shortly, but the same time, same place. And in the meantime, go and connect with Mary Jo, because there's so much that she has to give. And her core value is contribution. So thank you so much, ladies. Appreciate you and have a fantastic rest of the week.
2: Thank you, Mary Jo. Thanks, Rob. Have an amazing week. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.